Hey guys, Bryn here. The next minute or two is going to be the best of the podcast because I'm actually recording this alone. So you guys are lucky enough to hear my voice and not have to hear Jenny's. So you're welcome. Uh, Jenny, I'm just kidding. I love you. Basically, I'm just hopping on here real quick to one, apologize for the late release of this episode. There was just some stuff that delayed me from getting it out, and uh, you guys will hear about it in a podcast in a couple weeks, but I just wanted to say sorry. Uh, I know a few of you were really excited for this episode, and I hope that it was worth the wait. I also wanted to give you guys a couple prefaces about this episode, one being me and Jenny were so stupid for calling our introduction episode episode zero, because that would make this episode two, and we call it episode three throughout the entire introduction. So this is technically episode two, but we do call it episode three because it's the third episode we're releasing. And the second preface is that this was recorded before we recorded the actual paranormal episode that went out. I don't know if you guys remember, but I ended up losing the SD card. So the episode that went out for our Halloween special was actually the second recording that we did of it. The episode you're about to see was recorded the same day as the first recording that was lost in the SD card that went in the washer. So there's just a little bit of like confusion in the context if you guys don't know that. So I just wanted to hop in, let you guys know that me and Jenny are stupid and that um, this is episode two and we recorded this before we recorded the paranormal episode but yeah thank you guys for your patience and your support we hope you enjoy this episode and i'll shut up now so you can watch me and jenny be idiots for the next hour hour and a half so bye all right ready yep hi guys i'm jen i'm bryn and this is women with microphones welcome back for the third time third time episode three so exciting. Very exciting. Thanks for still watching if you're still here. Yeah, we are gradually working through some of the difficulties. Like, the YouTube upload is absolutely brutal. They are murdering Brynn. It's literally a slaughter. I don't know. Okay, Jenny, like, has released stuff on YouTube, so she can confirm, like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Literally, like, it doesn't make sense. I'm doing everything right. I've done everything right at this point dozen like over a dozen times yeah and they are just repeatedly um knocking me down i've almost cried i haven't yet but by the time this this episode (laughs) gets released i absolutely will have yeah i'm sure it will happen sorry that the introduction uh video came so much later than the podcast listen like it's like so much more work to get it off the ground than like people think it is like me and bryn like obviously we thought months ago this was going to be so easy to step into and like even now when we're as prepared as we are it's still not enough it's difficult so like yeah we're just trying to figure out a couple things um we know that the audio in the intro episode wasn't good so we think we've fixed it we've turned it up a little bit so we hopefully are going to be more mindful and that should be fine for this episode so um but thank you for all of you who messaged us and was like hey it's kind of low so just make sure you change that yeah thank you and also thank you to everyone who shared it and for all the nice messages you guys were so nice no like you don't understand me and Bryn were just like sending screenshots back and forth of what people were saying about it and like it's like so cute and so exciting and like it honestly makes it like so much more worth it it's like like, we just like praise it's very scary to like look at a camera and speak to it with a big mic in your face and know that like people are gonna listen to this yeah even if it's not a lot like it's just a little 
a little nerve wracking and you guys made those worries just like disappear yeah the like support we could was be, so nice we could be in someone's car right now oh my god like, that's, that's adorable so fun. i hope you're having a safe drive yeah we are true um I honestly don't know if we could do a high and the low of the week because we it's the same ago. week. Yeah, so I think that we that's kind of the same. We also didn't even touch on it in the paranormal episode because we filmed that the same day as the, other as one. the first one. And yeah. just in case you guys were wondering, so it's Thursday right now. Um, I lost the SD card <laughs> that we filmed the footage for the paranormal episode on. So we are not sure if we're going to Maybe Aubrey took it. <gasps> oh my God, T so yeah yeah no i definitely think it'll be fine but like literally like we filmed on tuesday i got here at like two and then we didn't start filming until like four but i didn't leave here until like 10 30 yeah it was pretty late when it was we like hella late and then yesterday we hung out because we did the release and tried to figure all that stuff out so like and then we're again today like this is the most we've hung out in probably like years a good, a good few <laughs> literally, months literally like so long i've not <laughs> seen jenny three days in a row in i don't know how long but it's been so worth it so fun but um yeah so we're gonna preface for this episode because we are doing uh talking about our religious experiences this is going to be more of like an overview because both of ours are like we could get so in depth with everything that we've experienced in church and um just in general with our experiences so like this is very much of an overview and does not reflect i think the true depth of everything um and then as a preface there's no ill will in these episodes especially these types of episodes where we talk about um the church that we met at and you know those kinds of people and stuff like that like the our church friends of the past and even present um absolutely no ill will or anything like that um it's just a lot of emotion to talk about there was like a lot of anger a lot of resentment um a lot of hurt involved in a lot of it and thankfully we're both healed very much so from that um but yeah no bad vibes no hate just our stories and we're also not name dropping so the church the people yeah so i mean but also if you're from that it's time not of our difficult life, yeah. to fill in some of yeah if dots, you're like close with us you, you can probably figure some of that stuff out so i just did a lot of talking i think maybe you should go first okay yeah um so i was raised catholic but we didn't go to church every Sunday. I had gone to CCD and we h- would go to either the church Jenny and I met at or the church I attended CCD at for holidays. And that was pretty much the extent of it. Um, I attended the church that we met at. We're probably just going to call it like the church. But I first attended there in January of 2016, which was my seventh grade year mm-hmm. and then i had an overlap of catholicism and it's a mouthful non-denominationalism christianity like that was what i practiced at the church yeah that was what our church was real quick for the listeners like can yeah. we, let's just break that down because i know some people aren't religious so just for an example there's basically you have the two big sects of christianity which are catholicism and then you have um protestant and under the Protestant, that's where you get a bunch of what you would call denominations, which is just a fancy word for saying factions. Um, and those different sections of Christianity normally have smaller differing beliefs um, in things like predestination, which is like, is it already determined if people are going to heaven or hell? Like, has God already made that decision? And a bunch of other like little inconsistencies that they don't always agree on. So when we say non-denominational, 
it's literally a section of Christianity that says that it doesn't conform to the other sections yeah. of Christianity. But it's it's the same thing. It, yeah. It's more loose. You get to wear jeans. I always considered myself like Christian when I attended there because non-denominational was just something I got really tired of explaining to people. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I would say, I mean, I'm not sure I'm aware of every single Christian denomination, but I would say that non-denominational is probably like the most modern and like mm-hmm. hip version of I christianity think, i think you said a great modern is like an absolute great way to put yeah. it it's very much like you have like you know music that's like pop re- released like in this decade yeah um, you know it's much more like technology and like a you know band yeah like they have like lights. marketing websites yeah. like it's like not run by like super old people which is no yeah. hate to old people but it's very much directed toward younger generations for sure yeah um so yeah i had an overlap um, while I was finishing my basic sacraments, which is in Catholicism, you have to do that in order to, like, get married in a Catholic church or, like, get any of your later sacraments. And my mom told me I couldn't go to the church that I wanted to go to until I finished them. So I finished them, and then I got fully involved in church. I was serving several hours every Sunday, several hours... Oh, well, at that point, it was youth and church were both on Sunday. So it was literally, like, for Jenny and some people, it was way longer. But for me, at, like, 13, I was at church from 8 to 1, and then, like, 5 to, to like, 9.30-ish, probably. A long time. A long time. Every Sunday. A long time for somebody who's so young. Every Sunday. uh, I was given pretty significant responsibilities serving right away i was watching kids and within a year i was gifted the room that i was working in so i had full responsibility of over a dozen children and i rarely had help at 14 years old and i a little f a little over a year after i joined i had gotten rebaptized, which basically like the normal baptism people really know is when you're a baby it's catholic and in this, it's like once you're old enough it's, to yeah, accept. They call it at an age of understanding. Yeah. So once you understand kind of the foundations of the Christian like beliefs and everything like that, then you can kind of then at that age, you're understanding the commitment that you're making to God for your life. Once you understand, there were eight and nine year olds yes. at our church that were getting baptized who I can confirm one billion percent. <laughs> We're not in an agent of understanding yes, at all. 100%. Um, but yeah, I was like a, I think I was maybe a freshman or in eighth grade when I got baptized. And um, at that point, I had like really few friends that were not church friends. I really only hung out with church people. I like pretty much invested my entire life into the church. Um, yeah, that's where I'm going to leave mine for now. Got you. Um, so opposite to Bryn, I wasn't raised in Catholicism. I was raised in a Baptist church, which is one of the denominations in Christianity. Um, it's more old school. Like we had an organ and a piano. It was a lot of older people. Um, and I was like pretty much the youngest kid for quite some time before another girl came in with her parents. Um, and so basically I was baptized super young. I was like one of those like nine-year-olds that you were talking about. But to be fair, I feel like I did understand quite a bit, but when you look at it through the lens of like, I'm still only 
like I'm not critically thinking about what I'm understanding it's just I'm being told all of these things and like I can repeat them and I feel like I'm a very spiritual person and it's been since I was young so when I was like getting baptized I was like oh I'm spiritual like you know I believe in God I understand you know blah 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 xyz and but really it's you know at that age what am I truly you know understanding like I can't really think completely for myself so I'm still taking in what other people are saying so I would agree with you it's like kind of not really an age of understanding it's more of like an age of like regurgitation yeah and like what people want to hear um but yeah like Brent said so uh in non-denominational in non-denominational churches what a baptism would be it would be considered like a christening or like an anointing yeah um but in um well sorry our church did dedications they were literally called baby dedications yeah where the baby was not dedicated to god the baby was dedicated to the church and the parents decided it was like for the parents even though the baby was getting dedicated to the church yeah it was for the parents to say like i am choosing to raise my child in in a church this church which is sorry like see this is where i don't want it to seem any way other than just like pure not understanding like that it feels crazy to say out loud the word that comes to mind for like the way that you just phrase that the word that comes to mind is indoctrination which is exactly what it is because a lot of the people that are now quote-unquote leaders in this church normally were also anointed or dedicated at one point and they were raised into the church and if that's the only thing you ever know then it's really scary to leave even if you want to so like you kind of get stuck in this like thing and then then they do that to their kids and then and i don't think there's anything wrong with a parent deciding to raise their kid in faith but i think dedicating it to a church is really like almost unfair to the kid yeah to do it in one organization like you know what if my parents like like they were a little bit more hesitant to let me go to the church that me and Bryn met at because like it was just like i was really stepping away from the baptist stuff and um they were just, like, more so concerned about me getting sucked up into it and then me getting used in the serving capacity, which, spoiler alert, my mom is right. We've had so many conversations My parents about had it. similar Concerns, fears. yeah, because yeah. they can, like, see that stuff. And at that age, we were so, wa- like, wrapped up in it, like, we couldn't and see we were that. vulnerable and... At such a young age. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to keep going, but... Um, so, when I was, like, young, young, before I met, went to the church that me and Bryn went to... Um, if I end up saying the name or me and Brent saying the name, if you hear the audio dip out, it's us beeping. And I'm also going to have word. to like blur our mouths or something. Yeah, and we're going to probably like, if we curse, the I'm just scared audio dip is Genuinely, like, uh, almost anyone watching this is 100% aware of what the church is, but like. Yes. So we're going to ask, like, even if you like comment or something, like, don't say it. We don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of money. They could sue us. Let's not do it. Um. <laughs> More on that coming in our other episodes. Stay tuned. Yeah, we've done a lot of research for that. Um, But yeah, so when I was like young, uh, I attended a youth group with a different friend of mine to a different church, not the one that me and Brent met at, um, which was much more laid back. And I really loved it. I got really invested into their youth group, started going to summer camps for like a week at a time in the summer, like where you had like set schedules for like sermons and like worship which is just like music and you know um, raising your hands it's and singing fire i'm not even gonna front we literally it's li- so good me and Bryn like listened to worship music after our paranormal episode and like we were kind of vibing and like Bryn doesn't it's even good. believe in it like, so, like it's good music i can't front um so and then when i was a junior in high school i sporadically started attending the church that me and Bryn met at during my senior year i was consistently going at that point and after i graduated i took on a leadership role in the youth um 
I also served on Sundays. I joined production team, uh, worship team for youth. And basically I was serving Sundays from basically 6am. We had to be there to set up the church because at that point we were in a gym and we didn't have a building of our own. So I would be there for a 6am setup. And when I was like really in it, I wanted to stay the entire day. So I literally was there until like 6pm and then like breakdown, which would happen literally for like two hours after. So I wouldn't even get out until like eight. So I was literally there all day long. Like my mom wouldn't see me like at all on Sundays. Um, on Wednesday, once the, we made the transition where youth was on, on Wednesdays, Wednesday, yeah. um, I was there from pretty much, like, 4 or 5 p.m. because I would go early to, like, help do different stuff as a leader until, like, 10 or 11 at night. Um, Thursdays, I would volunteer to help with, like, sound for, like, practice for, like, the worship team at that point. So, like, it was just, like, I volunteered a lot. And then I ended up interning, which was, like, more days out of my week. It was just it kind of really started to snowball where I got really sucked in to like feeling like I was belonging to something because that's kind of how you get like welcomed in and like everyone's so excited and like you kind of like really get sucked in and then they're like oh well like I didn't see you last week and then you want to be there for like the next three weeks and like serving and doing all these things um to be seen so yeah that's pretty much I got really sucked in yeah yeah um I did as well when we did the switch I'm going to say for the first couple years I was there, uh, youth was on Sunday nights. And then we had changed our Sunday services to different times. So then youth was changed to Wednesday nights. I had danced for 11 years. And I quit dance because it was on Wednesdays. Yeah, and I remember as your leader at that point, I was like... Because people told me. I wasn't showing up. And people were literally texting me being like, where are you? We miss you. Like... Mm -hmm. So I quit dance after 11 years and uh, started attending youth regularly again. I would have, like, soccer, and I would, like, come, like, right after practice, even if I was, like, tired. But if I had, like, a late game or something, they'd be like, like, you can't, like, come after? Or, like, you can't, like, do this? Or, like, you know, blah, blah. Or, like, no. if I was too tired from practice and, like, didn't want to go, they'd be like, we really miss you. And I'm like, I'm literally, like, struggling in high school right now. <laughs> like, please let me be. Like, I'm sorry. Um... But yeah, and then obviously as the years started to progress for both me and Bryn, I think we both started to kind of see more of like the intricacies of what was actually happening like yeah. on the inside of the church. I think we also got older. I think that had a lot to do with it. We were, older and wiser. We were, yeah. When you, I mean like even you, you came in at senior year, but I think that that's a, I think that the youth group is a great example. Sorry, I hit my mic. It's okay. I think it's a great example of like, students whether you're like the youngest you can be at youth or the oldest are just stressed learning about themselves looking for a place to belong yeah whether you're 17 or 12 yeah and we thought we found that there and um and that's exactly the appeal like that's like i remember when i first walked into youth there our whole church is like literal tagline is welcome home yeah. That is literally, like... So, like, you would have, like, a welcome desk. Like, you yeah. had, like, leaders that would come up to you and, like, obviously, like, older people, like, older people paying attention to you and, like, being like, oh, my gosh, like, so who are you? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I love getting asked questions about myself. So, like, obviously, I'm eating that up and I'm like, yeah, like, I do this. I play soccer. <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I met, like, one of my closer friends, like, that night. And so, like, we were... So, like, I already had, like, friends, like, the first night. So, I was like... 
this is awesome like I want to come back and then like they're showing like appreciation for you and like oh we love you so much like I hope you're here and then when you're not there they miss you and like honestly I feel like one time I heard somebody describe it as this and I I I just feel like it's super accurate like they love bomb you they 100% love bomb you like you get there and they just like overwhelm you with validation and like acceptance everything you're seeking at that age yes everything you're seeking and and like i don't honestly like i want to say that in the very beginning it felt real i don't know how phony it was i'm sure a lot of it was phony but like some of the friendships i made there when it was like really small because when me and jenny first started going there was not more than 50 people in youth total and that's like leaders and students it was small and by the time i left we were having at least a hundred new students come every week. Yeah. Like it was blown up. We had to insane. we had to find a new place because we were literally running out of room. So I think that the numbers was a big shift for me personally. Like as the numbers grew, I think it became really clear to me that the church was a business first, yeah, and a community for God second. Yeah, and and I think that I think. To be fair, I think that did change with the numbers happening. One hundred percent. Originally, like you said, I think originally, I think it was it felt pretty real. I think it was authentic. I yeah. do. Like I don't like I'm not shaming like any of the leaders that were there when I was there, but like it did feel much more authentic. But to the point where like I, once I was a leader and then I was there once the numbers did start to grow, there were times where like I really didn't want to like engage with students. Like I just didn't feel like and it felt like a chore and they would be like you have to reach out to them you have to reach out to them you have to like and go you to their games more yeah you had so much so many more yeah you had so many more students to manage and you're trying to like manage their lives while i'm in college and i'm trying to figure out what i'm doing and like meanwhile, I also, i'm like, like trying to figure out my relationship with god and like you're consistently yeah which out. is another thing like the leaders are not old enough to be given that sort of responsibility you want to talk about like the toll that it takes on a child and a student to like deal with some of the stuff we did like that for you i mean like the leaders in there are still in there but like that must be so overwhelming to like leave and have to realize like you were literally told like these people and their spiritual spiritualities like are on your shoulders and like make sure they're maintained yeah like it's your responsibility scary no literally because like even when that's somebody's salvation even when i was like first a leader my our group are like um we call them ydgs they're called youth discipleship groups um and literally i had like what like maybe eight girls under that like you included at that point so like even that even that alone even to share that with another leader like let's say it was split in half and i only had four of you i'm 18 years old going into college and i'm being placed in such a leadership aspect where i'm now responsible for four people where i have to check in with you every week i have to see what's going on in your life if you have any sporting events any theater events you know i should want to be there and want to be involved in your life and it's this form of like i want you to trust me so i get a platform in your life so i then have this leverage to like kind of preach to you and like kind of it really is like when you when you phrase it out and you lay it out like that you kind of see that even if it is authentic at its base it it doesn't seem like it at all like it's still kind of like tactics it's to manipulation get yeah it's exactly what it's it is manipulation. it's love bombing it literally is it because is. you're giving attention you're giving validation you're giving but it's affirmation. not it's not just to give it it's for what comes with that 
which is serving. Yes. Because that's exactly, because that's the whole point. Once you get in there, they want you to, you know, you know, I see so much potential in you. You're so amazing. I There's so many good things that you could do. Like, I think you're like ready to like really step up and serve. Like you could change so many lives around you. And like, at that age, getting you triggered. want to. I'm literally getting triggered. You want to. Like, I see so much potential in you. You're a leader. You know, you're a legend. Like, all this stuff. Anyone who was anyone at that church held at least one position of service. Yes. At and least one. At least one. I was 14 years old with an entire classroom to myself mm-hmm. every single Sunday. Yep. That is illegal, first <laughs> off. Like, all the morals aside, not legal. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, because, like, you have that, and, like, like you said, I think it's a good way to put it. Like, you have at least one position of service, and if you weren't serving, like, you wanted to serve because, like, you would be in, and, like, it was part of, like, the cliques and stuff like that. Like, you want to be in because once you're in youth, okay, that's great. Like, they accepted you, they welcomed you, they want you in there, but then there's another inner level. Yes, Another another deeper level that you then want to be a part of that level. There are tears, and the more you serve, the higher you get. Yep. And we touched on favoritism a little bit in the introduction. The closer you get to the top tier, the more liked you are. Yeah. And who doesn't want to be liked? Yeah. Like, religion aside, like, all of that aside, like, of course kids are going to want to do whatever they are told to if it means they're going to get liked and they're going to keep getting that validation. Yeah. I put on a Santa costume. (laughs) In the middle of July. Because I was like, I'm going to get points for this one. Like, that's no, not okay. Literally. And, like, what you said, like, it is, like, it's just, like, this tier system where, and then, like, and then if you were to, like, admit that and be, like, there's favoritism, there's clicks, even amongst, like, friends of mine that I would, like, say that to, and I'd be, like, there's, like, in crowds, and, like, always the favorites would always be, like, no, there's not. Yeah, it. it's the no, ones that are not. literally in it that, that are just. That can't see it. That they just can't see or it. Or refuse to acknowledge yeah. it. Because I. I mean, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you need to be, like, either really socially unaware or blind yeah. to not notice yeah. the, like, the crazy favoritism that goes on, especially yeah. in youth. Church is its own thing, but, like, youth was just such a nasty dynamic because, like, kids are kind of mean. And, yeah. like, yeah, kids want to be in that tier, and you couldn't all be. And it was a very small group. It was the same group. From the second I got to church until the second I left, a few people had added in, but it was the same people. Yeah. And what is that noise? I don't know. I think it may be your AC or maybe your water. I don't know. Sorry, we had like we heard like a noise upstairs. Um. So yeah, with all of that kind of laid out, and again, like if we go into like a deeper, this is more so just our experiences. If we yeah. go, in, like we can go deeper into. We this, will go deeper. Into like this. It, it'll happen eventually, but so. When did things start to change for you, um, you know, kind of getting in deeper? Like, what did yeah. what changed for you? So, like we touched on, when I first started going, the family atmosphere definitely felt more authentic. Um, and that's what pulled me in. But as the numbers grew, um, that was kind of, like, replaced with, like, a mask of free stuff, fun prizes, yeah. cool lights, like, cool events, stuff like that. We were having, like, t- at least twice a month we were giving out flat screen TVs, new phones, yeah. Apple Watches. Like, it was crazy. The yeah. stuff that we were just dropping, like, it was nothing. And, like, it, and, and who got those prizes? 
the people who brought the most people that night. Yep. I I genuinely can't do this. Like verbalizing all of this right now, it's crazy that we all hundreds of us sat there and fought, fought, yeah, did whatever we. I was putting youth things in people's lockers. Like I wanted a phone. I well, wanted a free Apple I Watch. I wanted random people in like Target. Like, yeah. <laughs> One time I saw Carson Wentz. I said, "I have a church if you ever want to come." <laughs> You know how many people have probably invited Carson Wentz? Because he gets seen, like, so often. There's no way. Like, that man definitely has so many church cards. It's insane. Um, But, yeah. The prizes and the lights, as I got older, I started to realize that that was a tactic. And it mm-hmm. wasn't just them being generous. Yeah. Um, I would started to get closer with people outside of the church, which for, like, the five years I was there didn't really happen. So, um, I kind of realized when I had friends outside of church that like, I didn't have to be like Christian Bryn, which I, that was part of my identity. Like when you are spending so many hours and so much effort and like so many people in your life are from this place, like it is everything, especially if you are like in that moment faithful and you believe in the God, like it just makes your connection to the church so much more powerful. And like, I believed Mm -hmm. and church was everything and I didn't really have friends outside of that, so I didn't know that I didn't have to be that p- person. And I realized that my sophomore year when I started making, not making friends, but getting closer with some people. Um, sophomore year was when I started taking Am I Gay quizzes. <laughs> Still in the church. So funny. But I started taking some quizzes. Um, obviously, like we said, like the favoritism and the clicks, they just got worse as numbers grew. Yeah. And I couldn't keep ignoring it. Especially because, like Jenny said, like, if you aren't there, if you have any other kind of commitments, like a dance or a sport or anything, like, I had play, I did plays, so I had rehearsals, and, like, the second you're not giving it your all, you are treated differently. Yeah. So, like, yeah. when I was giving it my all, it felt, I felt like it was okay to, like, look past some of the really suspicious stuff, and then... I didn't have the benefits that came with giving everything to the church anymore mm-hmm. and it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Um, I started to kind of resent God a little bit because yeah. of the way the church had made me feel. Um, and eventually I had left the church. I had blamed it on my busy school and rehearsal schedule. I had left November of my junior year. So very early in my junior year, and then within two months, I had come out to, like, my close friends as bisexual. So it was a very quick turnaround. Hey guys, this is Brennan Jenny. Um, I just want to let you guys know that while we are sorry about the technical difficulties regarding the camera, we are going to let you know that they're not going to stop anytime soon. Um, we don't, we, yeah, we currently don't have the budget, um, to buy a new camera and the one that we're using just gets too overheated because we're so GD hot. So, um, sorry, but not sorry enough to do anything about it. So enjoy the rest of the episode, especially the parts where the camera just stops working. Thanks. Um, so yeah, eventually come November of my junior year, I had blamed my busy school and rehearsal schedule 
and uh, left the church. At that point, I hadn't been attending regular regularly um, because I would go to the shore every summer, so I wouldn't be in youth all summer long, which made like coming back so much better because everyone was like up my ass. <laughs> um, and then within two months of me leaving, I had come out as bisexual to my close friends. So it was a very quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen my church best friend, who I had also met my first day of youth, because we didn't go to the same high school, but when I went to church, we were church friends, so we always saw each other, and when we hung out for the first time after I had come out, I had told her, and she had, um, (laughs) no hate, like, I swear, like, no hate at all. But she had said, well, as long as you've never had a crush on me. <laughs> Which, if you're a straight woman that has ever said that to any LGBTQ woman, person, whatever, Kick literally. rocks. No, literally, go pound sand. Literally. <laughs> like, that is just. It's insulting. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's so insulting. I. It's so insulting. I told Brynn that um, I want us to do a podcast episode on it. but um, Yeah, we will definitely that, be doing that. Especially straight women in, like, the church setting, I feel like. They expect anybody that likes women to treat them like men which is sexualization and like just being freaking all over them all the time because like that's what they think lesbians are just like sexualizing other women which is not what it is because we are so respectful we are not men <laughs> so like i don't really sorry i mean i True. hate to break it to you but like when i was in the locker room when i was in high school my eyes stayed on the know, floor no literally i would like face my locker and i'd be like and we were like in the closet no literally because like straight. I, we were straight i thought it was just like i thought I thought everybody felt like that. I thought like that everybody felt look. like that. That you just like. I thought everybody felt uncomfortable as I did, and I was like, I like walking past Victoria's Secret. I would get so uncomfortable like turning around because I'd be like, Well, where am I supposed to look? I'd be like, Was well, everybody done? I'd be like, Let me know when you're done. Let me know. <laughs> I'll turn around. <laughs> um, but yeah, she had said that, which was the first time like a woman had said that to me because I'd just come out, and yeah. I was like, Wow. <laughs> I haven't. So we're we're chilling, and then um, then the second time me and her had seen each other after that, she had told me that she told her mom. So the entirety of the church knows, correct? Because her mom is like super in there, in, church. in there, like in like in we're there. talking top tier. And I'm not gonna say much more than this, but I had several people who I am confident outed me throughout that church. Valid. Several, yeah. Um, I had to tell my brother and his wife before I was comfortable telling people mm-hmm. because I knew that they were going to hear it from someone else yeah. if I didn't. Um, the second time, yeah, that we, she told me that her mom knew and she told me that her mom told her to hate the sin and love the sinner. Which also, and she just you, looked at me and repeated that. Also, if you say that, go pound sand. That one, no, wait, actually, it like, hurts. that one's so mean. It hurts. Like when really you, mean. when you're a believer, like that is, one of the worst things that you can hear ever because what if i just looked at you when you said oh my god and i was like love the sin love the sinner (laughs) you got it you got it love the sin i'm screaming in the microphone again sorry Um, no yeah so that was my my experience since oh this is kind of tea i've seen like a handful of females that I met it. I just almost said it. At uh, <laughs> church on dating apps. Really? 
Which one? I swipe left. Do you know? Real quick. Wait, do you know which one? Do I know them? Um. Wait. Yeah. Wait, I know what you're talking about. Wait, wait. Yeah. Wait. Wait, typing it. That's not surprising. No. Well, she Um, was going with, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I consulted on that when I was Um, a leader. Yeah. Um, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. So, yeah, that was my experience leaving and soon thereafter. Yeah, you left before I did. You you got out sooner than I did. did. Um, Not much sooner, like a little less than half a year before you. Yeah, you got, because you said, what, you got out your junior year, which was, do you know what year it was? Right, it was uh, the November before COVID. And you went, and and you left left right before COVID, or right during. Yeah, Yeah. I left in May then. Um, Yeah, for me, like, when things really started to change for me in church, I almost said it as well. Um, For me, it was, like, the more behind the curtain I got, the more I saw it for what I was. And because I was a little bit older than Brynn, I got to see a little bit more than even she got to see. Um, Like, I've was pretty much involved in I had my hand in pretty much everything at church I could I could I don't know how to like phrase this but like I could literally like I knew everybody like I had really my hand in everything that was pretty much um so I got to really see everything um like I've been to like our head head pastor's house like babysitting for like an event that they were having for the staff like I was an intern so I got to see like the ins and outs of like the office stuff which I actually signed um I signed a non uh, confidentiality agreement so I actually can't say a lot about my stuff with that which also the fact that I signed one for the church is ridiculous like imagine literally having I can't know either like she's like actually doesn't tell me so it's like I can get sued I I can't which is just (laughs) crazy um yeah like for a church signing a non-confidentiality agreement is ridiculous can't believe i did that um but basically yeah i started to see kind of like the clicks the favoritism the popularity um and then how much i was serving versus how much i was appreciated which you mentioned but it's kind of under the guise of like because like when you would say something you were like because you're me i was in therapy i was like trying to express like my needs and kind of be like hey it would feel really good if like you know next time you just like tell me like hey good job like thanks for doing that or whatever and literally, people would, like, look you in the face and be like, you shouldn't be doing it for the church, though. You should be doing it for God, not for praise. And I'm like, but it still feels nice. Like, I really think that it's important to point out that, like, serving is just a fancy way of them getting dozens of employees that they don't have to pay. It is a job. Yeah. It is, especially what, like, Jenny was doing, it was labor. It was, it was, like... It was labor. It was gas. It was like, worth getting, like, a thank you. It was a lot. A lot. If not getting paid, literally a thank you. Because at some point, I like, some points I was working, like, literally 30 hours a week for them. Yeah. Depending crazy. on, like, what I was doing that week. Yeah. Um, Like, my real, like, one of my bigger final straws was I was having a really rough time mentally. And I was encouraged to talk to our youth leadership about it. And I did. And when I did do it, I was told to step down from my position Um, as... Uh, not necessarily a leader, but I was doing, I was production team lead at that point. Um, so I was asked to step down from that and from worship team. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, because I'm like depressed and like having like a hard time, your answer, even though it didn't affect any of my work ethic, didn't affect what I was doing. Like all of my stuff was done, like literally like perfectly. 
Um, and just because of that alone, they wanted me to step down. And I was, like, really devastated. My mom didn't even know that until, like, much later. Like, after I left church, I, like, told her, like, the truth about that. She was also pissed. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And then I had, around the same time, I had a rumor go around about me in youth that was, you had a front row seat, too, which was great. Um, I'm not gonna say what it was, because honestly, it just, it still makes me want to vomit. So, um, but, like kind of like stuff like that where I was just kind of like are you kidding me like I'm like this is just like getting miserable like by the moment um so and then obviously I knew I was gay um since like I was like about 19 18 19 years old um and the whole time I was kind of like fighting it and kind of being like well like am I really but like I was taking am I gay quizzes and like you know signs to know you're gay and I was like watching this like YouTube series um I would watch it really late at night so my mom wouldn't know or like my parents wouldn't know and I was watching this um series it's called Carmilla on YouTube it's a web series it's like really really low budget but like it was like the first like positive queer media I've seen and I like was like I'm just watching it because like I just want to see like why I feel the way I feel about like gay people and so like I watched it and I'm like literally like halfway through the first season I'm like oh my god, what, I can't ignore it, like, yeah. it, I kind of knew, um, so at that point in church, though, like, I, I knew, and I was trying to, searching, like, through God for that, kind of, like, okay, like, what does, like, the Bible actually say about it, not what I'm being told, um, and, like, kind of, like, really diving deeper into my faith, and I think, like, honestly, me being gay, in a way, spurred my faith further than it had before, because I was really, like, really really in the word like really really in the bible like digging through verses and like not just the verses but the historical context of them because many christians kind of forget it is still a historical context it was written at a certain point in time that point in time has effects on what is written and what gets said and um so like i was like really just doing a lot of um deep diving but like i at the same time would hear what a lot of other people who i considered my friends like shit on the lgbtq community and stuff like that, so even when I started contemplating maybe coming out to them, because I was confident that I could be a Christian and gay, um, I wanted to, like, come out to people that were my close friends, because I didn't have any other friends, like you said, like, once you're in, like, those are your people, Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share that, and um, I would just, like, every time I would get close to it and, like, feel brave enough, even though I felt like I was going to throw up, I would normally hear them say some kind of smackdown remark about somebody else that we knew that came out or something like that, and you know, it just, like, really shoots you down, so, um, that happened, and I just, literally just kept getting worse, so I got really tired of pretending, I was becoming really resentful, not necessarily of God, but of, like, the church, and, like, the people, um, and, like, just the perversions that were really happening under his name, um, so eventually I started coming out to everyone except church people, and my life started being more so away from all of them than it was, like, inside the church, and nobody really seemed to care, which I think was, like, kind of a nail in the coffin like I wasn't getting reached out to like they didn't really I was kind of being left behind like you said like when you're not giving 100% nobody really cares about you anymore and that's kind of what was happening and I like made sure I did my part to like reach out and like you know try that way at least if they didn't want to like it couldn't be like oh the phone works two ways because I did try um so didn't really climb me to stay I left the church in May of 2020 when COVID hit um in that fall um, I met a girl and had my first, like, I would call it a situationship because, like, we weren't together, but, like, we were, like, going on dates, we were hanging out a lot, like, we were sleeping together, like, one time, 
Um, so, like, we were, like, you know, kind of together. And I wasn't really in touch with a lot of my church friends too much. Um, that December, I had a birthday party. I mentioned this in the, I think it was the intro yeah. episode. Um, went to a birthday party with all of them and had been kind of almost dating this girl by that point. And one, only one friend there knew, which was so funny because, like, she wasn't even really a church friend, but she was related to yeah. one of the church friend. Um, and, like, literally, like, the whole time, like, I would, like, we would make jokes back and forth, like, under, like, just, like, the guys. And, like, we would just, like, laugh. And nobody else would really know what we were talking about. I'm just, like. And then I would go up Hello. to get a drink and she would get up to go get a drink with me. And she'd be, like, dude. Like. <laughs> and we would just be, like, I, like, I know. Like, why am I here? Um, I ended up me- meeting Bailey that January. And we were dating um, pretty quickly. Like, we started dating, like, five days after we met. Literally less than Gay. Literally you hauling lesbians. Um, and I had a... I had a snowboarding trip planned with my best, best, best friend from church at the time and her boyfriend. And we had a snowboarding trip planned up in New York and it was like three hours away. And, um, I had offered to drive, but at that point, like, you know, when like you connect your phone to the car. So like, then like when somebody texts you, it like pops up that like so-and-so texted you. So I literally couldn't connect my phone the whole time. I like had, and I'm a stutter name. Um, I like had her put it in the GPS. I had her play the music and I literally like basically had to keep my phone on silent I felt like a spy like it was like not fun like it was like kind of low-key miserable and like when it was happening I like literally hated everything about it but I really wanted to tell her because she was like a really close friend of mine but she was from church so it made it like a lot harder um and the trip was like really rough when I got home I called Bailey and I cried about like just how exhausted I was at pretending and like we were really kind of I was out of church at that point under the guise of like, you know, COVID, but like it still felt like I was pretending because I wasn't out. So I was still, you know, enduring like, like my mom calling me and be like, oh, like, have you like, did you meet a boy? Like, blah, 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 which is like no fault of hers. Like she didn't know. And then I would have church people being like, oh, like, when are you going to come back? Like so-and-so's here. And like, it's just, I get so exhausted. Like, you know, I don't want to be somebody else. I want to be me. And me is me with Bailey. And like, I'm happy. And like, but my happiness wasn't worth telling apparently um so yeah and then finally valentine's day rolled around that was kind of my last straw seeing like all of our church friends post their boyfriends and like all this stuff and i was like i just got really tired of hiding and like why does everybody else get to show the person they love and i have to hide and like because like it's wrong quote unquote but it's not like you know what i mean like after doing all my research i was confident in being a christian and gay like, I was confident that, like, God loves me and, like, exactly that I am, that I don't need to change anything, that he loves Bailey. And, like, we literally have a God-fearing relationship. We both believe in God. We both have our individual relationships with him. Literally everything about our relationship within a church would be accepted if she was a man. If she was a man. But the fact that she is not, that's not good enough for anybody. Um, but I ended up coming out on Valentine's Day. I had called my mom and everything, like, right before I posted it. And I tried to tell a couple of people from church, just out of courtesy, that they wouldn't have to find out on social media. Didn't go well. Big surprise. Like, the worst one, I, I'm not going to say her name, obviously, but one of them was, like, kind of surprising because she wasn't super close with me. Like, kind of, but, like, not really. Um, but, like, I still, like, told her. And, like, it was, like, it was rough. Like, I, like, sobbed. Um, where is it? I, like, wrote it down. Hang on. It was, I have beef with her, too. Yeah. So. It was really bad. Um, and then I completely didn't tell my closest friend from church because, honestly, like, I was just really scared, too. And, like, I had been trying to tell her for, like, two years at that point. 
there and was um couldn't. I think it's important to note for you guys that there was a student who was in my grade who um had come out as bisexual mm-hmm. and then was immediately removed from her positions of service. Um she still follows me on Snapchat, we still talk every now and again. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Um Jenny's best friend and her had had a conversation about that where said friend very much defended that decision. So I can't imagine yeah, how tough that was. That was that fight was like the biggest fight we'd ever had in our friendship. I remember and you told me about that fight at Sweetsboro Diner. Yeah, it was it was really heavy because me and this friend, like again, she was my closest yeah. friend. So like we like we hung out all the time. We had sleepovers all the time. Like, and at that point, I knew that I was gay. And so when um, the student got removed from her position and, um, my friend came to sleep over and we were talking about it and I was like, I don't agree with that at all. And like, we started getting really heated about it. And obviously at that point, like we weren't fighting about the student. We were fighting about me because I wanted to be honest with her and I wanted to tell her that I was gay because realistically, even though she's talking about the student and saying, well, she shouldn't be in leadership. She shouldn't be doing this. She shouldn't be on the platform. Even though she's saying that about the student, I'm hearing you shouldn't be a leader. You shouldn't be on the platform. You don't deserve a platform. You know, you're going to hell. Like, I'm hearing everything that it's more personal than that. And I remember her even being like, I don't know why you're so upset about this. Like, I remember her saying that. And I was, like, crying. And honestly, I think even, the fact that she couldn't figure that out. Even your, is, if you're just a really strong ally, as a friend, to yeah. see your friend feel that upset about something yeah. and react that way her reaction was just ridiculous no it was bad enough she wanted to go home she wanted to leave but it was storming that night and i told her that she had to stay because i didn't want her driving in it and i said you can sleep in my room i'm gonna go sleep in my mom's room and i remember crawling into my mom's bed because my dad was working and i was like sobbing my eyes out and my mom had already been asleep but she kind of woke up a little bit and like talked to me for a minute and she was like what's going on like blah blah and i was like me had a fight and i honestly almost told my mom like why like I was so upset about it and but my mom agreed with me like we talked about it later on and she was like I don't think like that student should have been removed like blah blah blah. so my mom was very affirming but basically all that stuff just kept getting worse so even after I had left the church like my religious experience still extended beyond that because of all of the friends that like my friendships ended much later um and I was just really scared to tell my close friend about it and we ended up losing our friendship anyway unfortunately um just because we're just entirely different people now. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, there really is no common ground, I think. Like, I remember I her, like, fondly. And, like, there's a place in my heart that, like, I will always, like, love her. Sure. And, like, you know, I can't let go of that. But, like, realistically, if we were to even to try to have a friendship again, I don't think it would work. Um, I agree with most of the friendships I lost when I left the church. And I think a big part of that is because you, I feel like... When you enter the church and when you become a part of it, you become really stagnant and you don't grow anymore because you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And when we left the church, I think we started to grow as people again. And I think that that's why all of these relationships weren't able to be maintained because the version we were in church lined up with these people. And we are so different from that version of ourselves yeah. now. And they are exactly the same. Well, and we made sure that we lined up with it. Like, we wanted yeah, to fit you into have their to. world. So, like... You have to. And I think that's... It's even more personal. So, like, once we left and, like, they're, they they don't like you anymore. You know what I mean? And, and it's I kind think of you like, always think you'll be enough. Yeah. And, like, 
well, yeah, they think this way, and yeah, they're like kind of awful in a lot of their morals, but like they'll, they'll love now, me. now it's me. It's yeah. not just other people. Like now it's me, and I'll be enough to have them change their mind, and we're not. Yeah, I remember like when I like was writing um, in my. I have like a f- like a nice journal that I write in sometimes when I'm feeling like really profound. Mm, um, but I remember writing that um, that I was going to come out, and I and I said. Um, I have this overwhelming fear that the love that I've received that has been deemed unconditional is going to become conditional. And that's exactly what happened. That, like, the people that I thought were going to be in my life forever and that were going to be, like, my bridesmaids and stuff like that, they won't won't be there to see me and Bailey get married. They won't get an invite. They might see pictures. But honestly, probably even not. Like, a lot of them unfollowed me. Um... And it's really hard to, like, lose friendships that you thought you were going to have for a lifetime. But honestly... People that you said your kids would call and. Yeah. But, like, literally, I would kill the life that I had over and over and over again to be able to get to where I am now. Because I am so much better off and so much happier and so Me much too. healthier. Because I'm authentic. I'm mm-hmm. not pretending anymore. And I don't have to. And... I don't need them to tell me that I'm enough because, like, I know that in my eyes that I am and in God's eyes that I am. So, like, I don't need anybody else to affirm me anymore. And I think there's a lot of power in that as somebody who's Christian and gay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Sorry, we were just looking at our outline. This is kind of crazy, guys. Yeah, we were just, like, looking at... I was trying to figure out where we wanted to go for our outline. This, this, uh, This next part... You want to go to this? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. I do. Yeah, I, I definitely know, I do. Know. You love doing this. this one. Okay. This guys. is kind of like a little side story. This, but it's I think still that involved. this is it. I think that this is the best example of the kind of things that made it take so long for Jenny and I to get where we are now, because we were in this church, and this is what this church told us, and that was incredibly damning to somebody who like believed. Yeah. And when a church tells you that, one, being gay is a sin. Yeah. Two, choosing sin is not okay and will send you to hell. Mm -hmm. And that, three, hell is burning for eternity. You shut up and you do what they say. Because that is terrifying, especially to a kid, to think that... You have to get through this temporary life so then your eternity can be saved. You'll do what they tell you to do. Yeah. That's a really, really scary concept. Also, I just want to put in, like, a little asterisk for everybody who might be, like, thinking, like, why is, like, the being gay thing so caught up in this religious experience? And the biggest, like, because I I could hear my mom probably asking that question, so I feel like other people might ask it. Um, And the biggest answer that I can give to that is that it has everything to do with everything like i like with how strong the christian faith is against the lgbtq community to be somebody who is gay and in that community like trying to fit into the church like structure is so damaging like it is so hard to your self-image yeah, like, to be able to climb out of it, the fact that me and Bryn did it, and the fact that I, I really do hope, like, the other students that, like, you wrote on there that you've seen on dating apps, like, every time I find another student of mine that, like, got out, oh, like, it really, it's hard. It really is hard to be able to, like, crawl out of that. Yeah, I'm friends with her on okay. uh, 
Instagram. We, uh, me and Bailey ran into her at Friendly's. Yeah, I knew yeah. that, but I didn't. Well, I'm going to have to take that out because she's going to watch this. <laughs> so she'll know that we're talking about her. <laughs> I love her. I mean, you can leave it in if you want. Um, so. But yeah, so I yeah. just wanted to get that out of the way because I know yeah. some people might ask that. Um, I just, I think that it's tough for people who are not gay to really imagine it because like. I feel silly having to say this, but I just in case anyone from the church or anyone with certain beliefs did stumble upon this this episode, I, I think you might be in the wrong place, honestly. <laughs> but it's not a choice to be gay. Yeah. And if you are, like, a diehard Christian, it's really not a choice to believe either. You just do. Yeah. And it is nearly impossible to do both and it was impossible to do both in that church mm-hmm. and um yeah so i'm just gonna get right into this story Go for it. Yeah, yeah um the pastor's wife at our church was a for me personally big like light bulb over my head where i was like oh okay so like any of those thoughts like selena gomez nope out of there. Chuck I em. just want to be her. Chuck I just want to be her. That's it. Any sexuality that I was contemplating because of her was just the devil tempting me. Chuck and em. I am straight. Straight as a line. <laughs> Couldn't be more straight. I love men every day till I die. Um, because I think it was... I'm going to say the date. Go for it. I think it was in August of 2018. And I do want to say that this message is still up on the church's website we have checked as of october 20th 2022 if you were to go onto our church's website if and you were look to be able to this, figure it out at least. which some of you a lot of y'all could low-key if you wanted to you go in their past messages and you find the message from august and i think it is called sexuality i believe i can tell you exactly what series it was from too. i i don't see but the series we can't say the, the series. series it's in was 2019 and it's all that's why you couldn't find it it's all 2019 videos and then that one just thrown in so you might not find it at first but keep looking because it's there okay yeah i'm not gonna say the series because i feel like if yeah you, it's too obvious if you looked up the series i feel like it would probably pop yeah. up yeah but um this message which is just like every week church has a message and that's what the pastor preaches this message was an interview of the pastor's wife and the pastor and in this interview the pastor's wife told us that she had a long-term live-in girlfriend and that she was not attracted to men. She had then come to church, realized that she was living a life of sin, and broke up with her girlfriend. She started attend- attending church regularly and serving. And then, now a lot of this is like pretty much word for word. She gave in to temptation and left the church and went back to her girlfriend. She then left her girlfriend again, started coming back to church, had met the senior pastor. Who, can I just say, um, their story in that was basically him pursuing her nonstop and her saying no and then eventually giving in. Also, so uh, take that as you will. Thinks that the senior pastor is gay. <laughs> Which is, like, kind of ironic. That's kind of funny. But um, it's so internalized, there's no way he'd come out. No way. No way. You're making too much money, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so true. 
Maybe they have like a deal. I'm just kidding. That's, That's so inappropriate. So funny. Um, yeah, she had met the pastor who had started pursuing her, and again, her words or his words, I don't remember. The rest is history. Yeah. They now have several children together, and who knows? Maybe they have an absolutely beautiful, loving life together with all of their church money. And like maybe sexual like sexuality is like fluid. Like maybe you know you, she learned to like it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. Now, some quotes that Jenny wrote in here. Uh, God allowed me to love him, That's and it. I still have that struggle every day. L- imagine putting that now, wait. in the video. No, 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 no. Now, Jenny didn't even get on the best part. Ready? Now, this is this is the kicker for me. This is the part. Me and my mom have talked about this. This is what I always go back to. I kid you not. This woman said, I am still attracted to women. In the same way a married man is attracted to women other than his wife, I am still attracted to other women. I just choose not to give in to those temptations. She also goes on to say, I think she said this more than once, that she would have never believed that God could have allowed her to feel some of the things she now feels. I'm pretty sure it was never in a million years. Yeah. Or something like something that. Something like that. Um... The interview is incredibly cringy because the the pastor is present and like really tries to make like light lighthearted jokes and like which honestly it must be so traumatic for her like thinking about it now you had a so yeah so the friend that had said she hoped I never had a crush on her me and her had had a pretty lengthy phone call um last year. It was the first time we had talked in a while, and I had come out to her as gay on that phone call. Um, How she... brave of you to, like, have a phone call conversation with yeah, her, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually really interesting. We had we had debated. I had told her that I'm, I was no longer practicing the religion, and we had talked about a lot of stuff, and I, I honestly feel like I low-key may have opened her eyes a little bit as to... How I think Christians go wrong in their, like, in in the way that they condemn others that are not Christian. Mm-hmm. I had told her how, like, I don't believe in the temptations that you guys talk about because I don't believe in the devil. Yeah. And, like, how not believing in that stuff changes a lot of things. She had told me how she thinks that I'll still go to heaven. Because I did at one belie- at one time believe in God and accept him. Yeah. Um, which I think she thought would be, like, comforting, but it made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. I was kind of, like, when I mean, you said it, I was kind of, like, I don't know how to feel about that notion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she'd asked me what I thought about this message in particular. Years later. This is literally last year. It's 2021. Yeah. And you're bringing up the pastor's wife. So I told her how that was like a stepping stone for me on the way out the door and how genuinely impactful that was to like my image of self and how that made me. And I think we'll talk about this. We have plans to do an episode that's a bit of an overlap between sexuality and religion. So I'm trying not to touch on too much stuff. Yeah. Like when we when we do that, I'm going to go into like yeah. the research that I've done. Yeah. Like, you know, God is affirming of yeah. you know, LGBTQ people and, st- and like trans people and like yeah. stuff like that. Like, so I'll get into like more like the theology of like what it would mean to be like a Christian and gay and like how 
it actually applies and not just like yeah. cherry picking a verse that is yep. taken out of context. Yep. Um, we'll get into that. Don't worry. But um, I had told her how that message caused me to cry myself to sleep at night. Yeah. Get on my knees and pray to God that he would let me feel what I felt for girls, for guys instead. Yeah. I would cry and speak aloud to him and literally tell him, like, I don't give in to the temptations. Like, I stay faithful. I, like, I don't want to do that yeah. if, like, that's not what is best for my holy life mm-hmm. and i told her all of this yeah all of this i probably talked for like 10 minutes about every which way this message impacted me and how awful i felt for the wife yeah how i felt like she was now living a life of earthly sin because she was scared of an eternity of burning yeah and how that's heartbreaking to me i had spewed and spewed and spewed i had choked up like i was i was going in yeah. She took a second. She looked at me through the little FaceTime screen. And she said... Sorry. We were just playing footsies. <laughs> and she said, I disagree with all of that. And here's why. And then... Was it a good rebuttal? She rebutted. No! It was not a good <laughs> rebuttal! Like, come on, girl! I And, like, even if you... Shut your yap. Shut your yap. I just told you that I, like, kneeled for hours praying to God to not make me gay. Yeah. And that's how you're going to respond to me. Yeah, I think that, honestly, because I had a really similar... I didn't have quite a similar reaction right away, because I showed, I showed it to my mom. Because at that point, I, I also thought, I like, I was confident that I was gay. But then when we saw that video, I was like... Shove that shit down. Yeah, I don't have away, to be. Like, pack okay. it up. Yeah, like that's don't. what I need to do to be a good Christian. Yeah, just like just don't choose it. But like, it's not a choice. Like, I can't just like ignore Here's my the thing. self. It is a choice. It is a choice to practice what is already inside you. Yeah. Nobody has to be straight or gay. Yeah. You are one of those things, but you don't have to live your life according to that. Yeah, you can completely neglect yourself and your authentic. Not easy, but it would have been. Totally possible for me and Jenny to have stayed in that church and still be there now. Jenny would probably be married. I'd be fucking miserable. And, and we, yes, we would want to probably die because we would be living a, a lie. But we we chose not to. And I think that there's a strength that comes with that. Yeah. That people. Oh, I was just gonna expose. I can't go for that. it. I mean, I can't. I can't okay. do that. Um, I think that there's a strength that comes with that. And these people, whether it stems from just arrogance or whether it stems from their own internalized issues with the concept of sexuality, I don't know. But there's just a disconnect, I think, that they will never understand that, like, it is not a choice, but we still chose to be... Thank you! Camera, dude. Oh, it was just in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) It's 420. (laughs) Just in the fridge. Maybe stick it in the freezer, Loki. Oh, I think it like died, died for real. Oh, oh. okay. Just re- be replacing that battery. Yeah, the battery's exhausted. Play. Okay. Yeah, mom. 
New battery is Are in. you, like, sure that it looks nice and I'm not going to hate it? Yes. As I was saying, um, I do think that, like, obviously it's not a choice to be what you are. But I do think that we chose to be true to ourselves. And that is, um, again, like Jenny said, she'd kill her old self over and over for this life. And yeah. I agree. And it just breaks my heart that that pastor's wife is going. And, and I, if God is real, I pray to him that she did find happiness and, yeah. and attraction and all of those things. Um, I'm sure she loves the family she's created with him. And I'm sure it's not impossible to have love for him. It's just some of the things she said and the clear neglect of not being heterosexual. is just yeah. It's just upsetting that she feels the need to do that. I think what's also a little sickening is the notion that, like, literally everything we just said of, like, the absolute, sorry, struggle of being in that position of, like, we could do this, but we would be absolutely miserable. Like, like you said, I probably would be married and like to a man and like the thought that like christians some that we know would be so content to let us be miserable and let us live a lie and let us literally neglect our authentic selves every single day because they think that's what's right instead of like what's so wrong about me being a christian but just loving a woman yeah you know what i mean like it's yeah and I'm going to get into all of that stuff of, like, the, you know, the nitty-gritty of that with, like, religion in our overlapping episode. But it is kind of sickening that so many people would be so content to see other people be miserable for their comfort. Yeah. And it's it's a little... It's disgusting. It's like, you know, God wouldn't want people to live a lie. And I'm not content to live one either. So, yeah. yeah. I do hope that she... <sighs> Yeah. That she isn't miserable. I hope that, you know, she does love the life that she has. And I hope that, you know, whether it was God or just the fluidity of her sexuality, you know, allowed her to love him and everything like that. Like, that's great for her. Um, But I would not be content to live that life. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Sauce, but that one's not me. Um, I would rather do this a million times over than do that. Um, But, yeah, I think just as we wrap up here, um, kind of where we are now and, like, what we think now. um, I've already said it a couple times, but I'm still a Christian, though, like, I thought I had to pick between being LGBTQ and Christian. I didn't think that there was a middle ground. I thought I could only be one or the other, Um, which I think is just, it's a huge lie. And it's a lie that is, like, literally, like, taught by Christian people. Like, literally, the lie of, like, you can't be gay and a Christian is literally separating people even further from God because, like, how many LGBTQ people are scorned and wounded by the church when, honestly, like, if you would just accept people, I guarantee, like, they could, like, if they, like, there are Christian LGBTQ people, you know what I mean? Like, why are you separating them from a place of worship where they can worship God too if they so please? And, like, just, I don't know. Like, it really does blow my mind. Um, I agree. So, after doing all my own research and growing with God and, you know, I worked through a lot of anger and a lot of resentment toward the church um, as a whole. And I always knew, though, no matter how I felt, that it was never God that, you know, resented me or never God that condemned me. Um, That God has only ever had love and patience and looked at me the exact same way as I did when I was quote-unquote straight. 
um, there is no difference. And that's that on that. Per. Um, I definitely am in a better place, but I don't think that I have fully healed. I don't think I fully healed either. I think I'm just like kind of past like the anger yeah. stage, but I do get kind of sad sometimes thinking about just like I, I miss it. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I think okay. I'm still <laughs> Okay. I'm still in my my angry stage. Um I I I ha I am better. I was way worse, but I do still struggle with resentment and bitterness. Yeah. Um for a while that was pointed at God. Then when I left the church and I like kind of got back into faith and in my individual relationship with him, I had realized that like if God is real, this is not his doing. This is like a product of free will and this is just if anything, like the devil perverting these people's yeah. like yeah. view of like what Christianity should be. Um, it was not like sexuality related why i stopped practicing religion i just think that i'm in a stage in my life where i'm questioning everything yeah and religion is obviously one of the biggest things mm -hmm. one of the biggest concepts you can question in our life yeah so and i feel like you should question yeah. like everybody should definitely question their religion i know i kind of went through a point where i really questioned a lot of things <laughs> dude the camera i can't we're filming we're just gonna end this without footage sorry guys who we're trying to do it on youtube um <laughs> I went through a phase where it was like a lot of questioning and there's nothing wrong with questioning your beliefs. There's nothing wrong with questioning your faith. There's nothing wrong with changing your faith. Um, and yeah, I totally get what you mean. Like just like in a, in a point of reflection and like, you know, figuring out what, what is for you. Yeah. I, um, have definitely found myself being spiritual in different ways. I have found myself enjoying those greatly. Um, I don't know what the future holds. I doubt that it holds any relationship between a god and myself. But um, I am every day learning to dif differentiate the trauma that I went through in Christianity and the, the religion itself. Yeah. Um, I think that I know a handful of Christians who are genuinely some of the best people I know, you included. Yeah, 100%. And I think that religion is beautiful because of people like you guys. Any faith that is causing people to want to be good and do good, I think is awesome. Um, the type of Christianity we lived through is why I have some, yeah. some negative feelings about Christianity and just religion as a whole. But, um... Yeah, I have a lot of resentment towards myself as well. We didn't really touch on that too much this episode. It'll definitely be something that happens probably more in the sexuality episode, but I definitely hate the version of myself that was the people we talked about all yeah. episode long. Yeah, I would agree. Um, that, like, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to get into it because yeah. there, we've I've mentioned it before to Bryn, but like, there's parts of myself that I literally hate that like part of me who I used to be lives in people's memories of that's all they know yep. of me yeah that's, like people from yeah. high school like that's if they awful. were to find me now my cousin literally messaged me and she was like hey do you know so-and-so from high school and I was like what was the last name and she told me and she was like oh my gosh like yeah like I work with like her older sister blah blah, blah. and I was like 
<laughs> and I was like, well, she, like, you know, I, we weren't never in the same clique or whatever, but like, you know, she was always nice to me. And, but like the thought, like it kind of goes, like, what does she remember of yeah. me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. does she remember like the literally homophobic person yeah. I was in high school where I like. Because right now me and Jenny are the people that we used to pray for. And yeah. that's just, you know, like, that's something that I don't know if time is ever going to really like allow me to forgive myself for, but yeah, every day I'm trying to forgive myself and others yeah. for some of the, the thoughts that I've had. Just like what we were taught, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we were taught that people like us right now were, like, lost and that they were missing yes. something and that we should want to show them light and, you know, all that stuff. Yes. And I think that there's, on a very, very small level, it's a nice thought. Yeah, like, you I know, think that their intentions are often just to save us. Yeah, like, you're trying to, you know, show love and be good and everything like that, but the way that you're doing it isn't actually love. It's just very, I think that people who think that way about it are so deep into it that they're a bit out of touch with reality, and they don't realize yeah. how absolutely cold that feels to, yeah. like, be be viewed as broken. Yeah. When we are just fine. Yeah. We're, we're just like, into women. That's really <laughs> it, guys. Just like, gay. It's, it's okay. Yeah, it's not. It's honestly, we're probably doing much better than some of you guys. Sorry, that was mean. I'm not going to put that in. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, there's that bitterness. But yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely parts of me that are still like not healed from sure. exactly what you said, like trauma. Like we didn't go like into everything. And honestly, I don't know if I ever really will for the podcast because there are parts of it that really just hurt parts of my soul that yes. I don't even know if I can yeah like really drudge up to put in front of an audience because like it really was like you said, like crying on your knees, like yeah. begging for God to like change you and like literally like the guilt of not being able to accept yes. yourself and it really was like just trauma, like emotional trauma yeah. to go through. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, every day, like we're healing, we're growing yep. into the people that we want to be. And, um, we're finding our way and to ourselves. I know that I can say personally that even if it's just some of our friends who are already kind of familiar with our religious history, I think that it's super powerful for me and Jenny to be able to verbalize all of this and say it to each other and to you guys. I think that for me personally, this is definitely going to be a part of that healing process. And I think that saying some of this, just like you said, like it's clear when we talk about it, how crazy it is, but it's also clear that I think a lot of the times these people were coming from what they would consider good intentions. Yeah. So, and that's why there's no hate toward them. Yeah, there's no exactly, animosity toward exactly. them because we know that they were doing what they think is right. Cause we did it. And yeah, we, we, we thought like them at one point, like we thought that what we were doing was also right. And, you know, we know that they weren't intentionally trying to hurt us, Yeah. but unfortunately that's kind of just it's how just, it falls. Yeah. yeah. It's just how the cards were dealt. But yeah, we're going to get into so much more of this, like the sexuality aspect of it, the religious aspect of it um, in different episodes. I know we were yeah, kind of... We have some plans for that. Yeah, we definitely have plans for it. And we'll get into all of it. So if you like these kinds of episodes, You're definitely you are in luck because me and Bryn kind of really love talking about this stuff. And I we think love... that this stuff is what really motivated us to like start. It is. This. Yeah. Cause we have so much like, just like knowledge and stuff that happened in church and between personal experience, personal experience and yeah, like I'm just really, really excited for us to get into all of that. So, but you're also, in for a treat. um, if any of you weren't into this, which would be stupid because regardless, it's me and Jenny talking for an hour and a half. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, don't worry. There are some lighthearted stuff that we're still 
gonna change back and forth between it's not gonna be real heavy every time but um yeah i hope you guys liked this kind of content um because there were yeah there you you will be in luck if you did there will be much more <laughs> but um we honestly don't even know what what episode's going to be next so we can't even tell you guys what to yeah. look forward to next week because we haven't chosen yet but i'm sure it'll be great it'll be a bit more lighthearted, but just make sure you're following us on Instagram and you'll get all of the updates about um, what we're releasing when. Guys, I made a TikTok too. I haven't posted yeah, on it, but go follow the TikTok and the Instagram. They're both just women with microphones. And then um, the Spotify too, if you're listening. Really? Hey, it's if you're watching. So oh my gosh, you can't see us if you're watching. So, because yeah, the camera's camera off. sucks. <laughs> so, but if you're listening, um, I heard from a couple of you guys that you liked the ASMR of us typing. Uh, oh, that's so funny. That's that is so funny. So funny. Um, um, but yeah, keep the keep the suggestions coming. I've gotten a few from you guys, and we appreciate them. We want to do stuff that you guys will want to watch. And so, please keep messaging us and telling us like yeah, what you liked and us what you nice did, things. or like telling <laughs> us what you thought was funny and like you laughing with us. Like we really just appreciate all of our friends, all of our family, yes, everybody supporting so us. Much. You guys are literally. I mean, like, just amazing. Like, literally, thank it's you for listening. It's been literally one episode, and, like, we're already just, like, overwhelmed with the support. Yeah, so, like, so please keep you. the support coming. Thank you so and much. And also, keep coming, with the, keep coming with problems, too. If you guys, like, <laughs> can't hear something or, like, there's something going on, feel free to let us know because yeah. we're still learning, but we're so grateful that you guys are learning with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Three episodes. That's I know. Crazy. We'll see We're you at number through this, I know. Bro. I know, dude. Holy shit. Well, oh, we'll sorry. <laughs> we'll see you at number four next week. And can't wait to see you guys later. Be safe. Bye. <laughs>